Welcome to this three-part series for the 15th of Shvat called Yadam Etasada, Man is a tree, tree of the Field. For Rosh Hashanah, the, the, for the trees, the 15th of Shvat, to Shvat, or Chamishat, or Shvat, we really, we speak about, we speak about the fruits with which Eretz Yisrael is, um, is praised, and it says in the Chumash Eretzitas, the Ayur Vegefen, Deina Riman, Eretz Zeish, So we already, it's a land of wheat, and barley, and, and grapes, and figs, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and date honey. So we spoke about grapes. We really haven't spoken yet about um, Chita and Sa'ira, the land of Chita and Sa'ira. Maybe we'll do it in the last recording. But we're going to jump to olives. So olives, it's interesting, because when it says the word Eretz, a land of, what do you have to do with earth, especially in Eretz Yisrael? If there is bake, the sun bakes the earth, and there's a, you have to break up the earth because it's very hard, it's very brittle, and there's always an obligation to do harisha, you know, to do plowing and breaking up. And when we are looking to grow and grow in a happy, joyful, creative, open way, then there's, it sounds, it sounds tough. We have to break open things, lave nishvar v'nitke. But in a way, we can, you know, you crack open that problem, you know, we can do it in a way that it's work, but Yidin love work. It doesn't have to be painful work. Yidin love the challenge of work. I remember when, when somebody gave my son when he was maybe 15 this um, set of um, little plastic cars, train cars, it went on a special track and these cars, and you had to figure out how to put all of them in a certain order according to each different card so that eventually the train would go, come to the end of the track. Whatever, it was a whole mind, I don't have the patience for it. That was just perfect, perfect his, his kind of thing. If he was 12, I don't remember. But when he was relaxing, he would sit and he would look at these cards, take a jar of pickles, <laughs> and look at these cards and figure out the blue the blue train card goes here and then the yellow one and which one do you have to put. And yeah, it was a puzzle you had to figure out. So we as Yidden, we like the, this kind of plowing open the earth, you know, figuring it out. And and now is the time in history. Our breaking over, Lev Nishpada you know, the old way, the old Taiva, the old Ech, Dayenu, so bored with that. We want to break it open, crack it open to something brand new, fresh, new, you know, deep within. So the fact that it says, Eretz, a land, a land of Chitas, Ira, Gethin, Te'en, Verima, means there is work to do to kind of do the plowing of the Avaida of wheat and barley and grapes, which we discussed, and figs and pomegranates, which hopefully we'll, we'll get to. And then it says, a land of Zeshem Rudvash, which means... After you've done that whole Avaida, you come to a whole other level. Another level of Eretz. The need to go to a deeper level of, break, of breaking it open. Because let's face it, to plant, mm, to plant uh, grapes in the earth, you have to do a certain amount. You want to plant, uh, you know, tomatoes, you can get a little pot. And you can put it on your windowsill, 
or you can go in your backyard and it doesn't take a huge amount to break up the earth and fertilize it and do all those things and things will grow. But if, if you want to find the ability to grow in the earth or let's say in the olden days they grew potatoes in, in the earth and they would have to dig to find the potatoes and that's what they subsisted on in Russia and Poland. So it's one thing to dig to find the potatoes so you'll be able to eat. It's a whole other idea to dig to find diamonds in the earth. You buy a piece of land in Africa somewhere and you heard that there are diamonds or there's gold. It's a very expensive venture. You don't just dig with a little plastic spoon or with your fingers. It's a whole other level of digging because you're going for something much more valuable. So the second Eretz Zeish means a deeper digging into yourself, into the way you do things, to come out with, to go to the Avaid of olives and dates. Okay, so what are olives? Zayis. It shows on a food that is bitter. Because I'll say, Allah tarf Fiha, I think. Olives are not sweet. I think they're bitter, they're sour. And what we're talking about here is an avaita where you take bitterness and you turn it into something, into food. Not everybody likes sweet food. Some people like sharp foods. People in the Middle East tend to like more the sharp foods, the spicy foods, even the bitter, sweet and sour. Some people like love sweet and sour chicken. Some people don't want to go near it. The Balatanya says, um, which is in Toldos. Yitzchak says to his son, his son, make me tasty food. Tasty foods, tasty foods. I'm pretty sure it was Yitzchak who said this. What kind of tasty foods? The side, there are kind of two kinds of foods. There's the sweet food, you know, mm, it's very sweet, sugary, honey, sweet food. But then there's another kind of food, dvarm harithin, or chamutzin. There's spicy food, or there's sour food, or there's, uh, you know, chamutz, um, uh, like, what's the word, I forget, not lemon juice, the other one, the stuff we don't eat on Rosh Hashanah, whatever, vinegary food right, this acidic kind of food, that if you prepare it right, it's, ah, it's much more exciting food and much more satisfying food. It's mesha v'nefesh, wakes you up and it gives you, ah, a geschmack, much more than the sweet sugary food. The sweet sugary food, you forget about them in a minute, it gives you a stomachache. But the other kind of bitter foods and the sour foods, there's something, if you prepare them right, they're unbelievable. So this Pasekin told us, told us is about birth, our birth. Like the birth of the Jewish people, Yaakov, Esav, etc., us and our brother, etc. In this process of birth, as we're beginning our journey as the Yiddish people in the world, comes into, the, into play this concept of making two kinds of tasty, two kinds of tasty experiences. The plain sweet ones and the ones that are kind of spicy, don't want to say bitter, but kind of, 
but they turn out to be amazing. So what is there Avaida? What is there, the Indian in Avaida? The Avaida in the time of Gaulus is bitter. How do we know? Miriam Hanavia, the sister of, of Aaron, the sister of Meishurdin. When she was born, the main difficulty of the slavery, enslavement, began in Mitzrayim. And why was she called Miriam? Al Shem Hamirur, because of his bitterness, as it says in Shemais Rabbah. And what did she do? His sister, Meishurdin's sister, stood from afar. Who was she standing to look at? The Meishurbenu. Ispashtus is a Meishabachol Dara Vidara, as Tyra tells us. There's a Meishurbenu in every generation since the first Meishurbenu. Chavtevis, the yard side of the altar of the Rambam, Meisha ad Meisha, Lakam Kamaisha. Meisha. There's a Meisha in every generation. And she stood there far away by Meisha. And she, Miriam, stands by Meisha in, there's a spark of Meisha Rabbeinu in every single Yid. Meisha bekol echad echad Yisrael. Every Yid has a spark of Meisha Rabbeinu in him. Meisha, as it says in Tyra, in Chumash. Meisha Yisrael, Yisrael hu Meisha. Why did she stand there? Miriam with the name bitterness. Why did she stand there? She needed to save him from this Avaita Zara place. The Nilus River, the Nile River. And there's a Miriam that stands with, with the spark of Maishurabenu that you have in you that sometimes feels like it's in jeopardy. It's so being swallowed up by so much darkness in the world. And we feel like bitter and dark and dark and bitter. The spark of Meishabenu in us is just so quiet we can barely hear it. It's just, it's losing its, it's, we don't, the volume is so low on it. And you see certain yid and you feel like the, the volume of the, of the spark of Meishabenu in every yid is so quiet, it's so low. But here it says that Miriam stood by, far away to watch and to save him from the Avaita Zara. And so Miriam, the bitter, the bitterness, Miriam in every generation stands by us, the spark of Meishur Benu, the Kolacha Ve'achad Mi'israel, Lifol HaTalosu Minayar, to save us from the darkness of the world, from the Avaita Zara of the world. And to such an extent was she successful, and she was so determined, Miriam. And remember, her name is Bitter. Although she stood with her tambourine, and she had total imun and betachan, but Hashem will save them. Hashem promised, I will take you out of Mitzrayim. And that little tambourine was for her a symbol. But still her life was about bitterness, very bitter years. She brought the, her birth, moment of birth brought the bitterness. Or it, it came at the same time as the bitterness really began. But when Baspara came to the river, who was Baspara? She was the daughter of the king of Mitzrayim, was Maisha Bekeva. He ruled with an iron fist 
over the whole world, and he was apex of total, total darkness, spiritual darkness, the complete opposite of Kedusha. He was there fighting every part of Maishra Benu. He was and he is. The darkness that we see that the world is, is, is being engulfed by now, we could say is, is, is embodied in this Kayach of Paroi that fights Maishrabenu, fights the pure Kedusha of Maishrabenu. And here the daughter of this evil Paroi, who not only was fighting Maishrabenu, but he he, he ruled with an iron fist. He had all the power in the world, this, this Parav. And he put us in slavery. And here is Miriam watching this, this evil king's daughter come down to the river. What does that show him? The strength of the Malchus of Paro. She, as the daughter of Paro, comes as the representative of Paro. And what did the representative, what did Paro want to do? Why was Maishrabenu in the river? Because Paro was so evil. He said, let every Jewish baby boy be thrown into the river Nile. Rahman is fun. He didn't say Rahman is fun. That was his plan. And here comes his daughter, who you think would represent that, stand behind that. And what does she end up doing? Not really knowing what she's doing. The same little boy, why did he, why did he want all Jewish boys thrown in? Because he heard that there would be a Meshurabenu who would be born, who would save the Jewish people. And this Paro said I, he would do anything to make sure that Maishu Rabbeinu was eliminated, God forbid. And the same daughter of this evil Paro comes and saves Maishu Rabbeinu. The bitterness turns to sweetness through the same dark bitterness. The olive, which is bitter, becomes sweet. Not from the outside, from within itself. It transforms. Bitterness ultimately in the world, darkness was created ultimately to turn to light. So, she herself, this woman, this young woman, representing such evil, saved Maishra Benu from that terrible place. And and to end off, the Pasuk ends, Miriam stood by the side to see what would be with my Shredinu. Meaning, when we go down into Gullus, it's we are that little baby in the river. Surrounded by, yes, a basket that keeps us safe, surrounded by our community, our kahila, etc., but we're in this world, you know, thrown into the river of life, this terrible place, into Gullus, the river of Gullus. But Miriam is standing there, Ladea, to see how things will work out for us. 
how the bitterness will turn to sweetness. So that means, and not only that, when we're talking about this olive, olive is bitterness to sweet, and olive oil, zeshemen, azayis, an olive, not only does it start off bitter, but you can't get the oil out of the olive unless you crush it. Which shows on Paninus at Tyra, the secrets of the secrets of Tyra. But the ichor and revelation will be in the future of the deepest secrets of Tyra. Through everything that we've done in Gullus, it will all come to fruition. We will have built and created and extracted a Gaula from all that difficulty and from all of that, that Gullus. So the, so to sum up, where do we see our growth? Where do we see the possibility of growth? We look at many situations in life and there's a lot of bitterness and we don't have to say it. Nobody has to scratch their head 20 times to wonder, really? You never heard of bitterness. Everybody knows. And we wonder where it's going to go to. And it's true, we were told, Eretz, Kritos, Ira, etc. But a second level Eretz, a deeper kind of plowing into the depths of things, opening up to a new Avaida. And that plowing, that second level of Eretz, brings us to olives. Gives us the Kayach that when life is not working out the perfect way that we want it to be, and we really want it, and we say, Hashem, just give us. Just goodness. But when we see those bitter olives, the, the, the olive oil, which is squeezing out the inner, the panemius of what it's all about, squeezing out what is it really? What is olive oil is panemius atira. It tells you the truth about everything. Life isn't the way it looks on the surface. There's a much deeper tyrus perspective to it, which is just a foretaste of the truth as we'll see it in Yemaisa Mashiach, when we won't only see the truth, but we will see that the truth has always been beautiful, sweet, tasty. We will no longer say, very nice to hear all these Tyra thoughts, as people were, or want to say, Hashem, but let's face reality. We will no longer say that because it's not true. We will in Yemaisa Mashiach, after having gone through the Avaita of all these fruits throughout all the generations, we will see that the truth is goodness, the goodness and the truth and the beauty and the pleasantness that Hashem has always given to us through Tyra, that we will understand once and for all that reality is Tyra. And reality is what Tyra says. And it's sweet and it's good. And it will sustain us forever and ever. May we find ourselves now. Tyra Chadasha, standing in the base of Mikdash Ashlishi, in the Gula Mitzvah Shleiman, should be immediately now.